The trail of life comes with many forks. Should you go left or should you go right? It's often difficult to know. Some trails lead to places you don't want to go. Other paths are too dangerous and not worth the risk. Still others fail to deliver on what they promise. Just how do you know? But then another hiker arrives. He's walked these trails before. Sometimes he simply points in the right direction. But other times he says, here, come walk with me. Will you choose the way of the wise? Whoever walks with the wise will be wise. Just so the guys know, I'm going to this other mic. That was me. <laughs> with all that crackling, and uh, so we're going to do a handheld here today, so, but hey, I welcome you, and uh, it's good to be able to share the Word of God with you. Um, there's a fictional story um, told that, a, now remember, this is fictional, right, but it's uh, a fictional story that, that is told that an angel appears to, at a teacher's meeting and tells a teacher that in return, for his unselfish, outstanding behavior in teaching his students to the best of his ability, the Lord um, will reward him with his choice of infinite wisdom, uh, infinite wealth, or great beauty. And without hesitation, the teacher uh, selects infinite wisdom. Done, says the angel, and disappears in a cloud of smoke and a bolt of lightning. Now all the heads turn towards the teacher who sits surrounded by a, well, a faint halo. And after a few seconds, a teacher sitting next to him whispers, say something wise. The teacher looks at him and says, I should have took the money. I thought that was funny. You're going to use that this week, aren't you? I know you are. But, uh, now remember, that's fictional, right? <laughs> you know, but, you know, when we look at the reality of life and we look at the reality of, of uh, wisdom, in reality, so often we, we think the wise thing to do is all about the money, right? That's, that's where we usually go. And wisdom in reality, though, has nothing to do with money. And so as we begin this this, uh, this kind of mini-series and this year-long theme of life trails, we're going to look at this aspect of, of the way of the wise. And see, having, having God's wisdom in your life will impact, you know, your, your finances and your use of money. But wisdom from God, ultimately, though, is not about money. The psalmist, uh, when uh, seeking wisdom, he cries out this, he goes, teach me your ways, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. And you see, wisdom is about inviting God to teach us how to live. It's about having him be our, our guide. And it's about having him uh, leading us in, in times when ultimately you know, the, our enemies are trying to harm us. 
It's also about God using um, godly, wise people in our, our lives to influence us and teach us. And as the writer says in Proverbs 13, 20, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. How important, how important it is to have godly, wise people in our lives. And how important it is to let, ultimately what I believe is the greatest source of wisdom, and that is being the authors of the Bible, teach us how to live the way of the wise. And that's what I want to do today. Uh, I, want it, um, I want us to look at a passage in the Bible written by the Apostle Paul to the Church of Colossae. And so I invite you to open up your copy of the Word of God to Colossians chapter chapter 4. And I'm going to read uh, verses 2 and 6, 2 through 6 I should say. And we're going to kind of work through this here this morning. It says in, cha uh, in chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that I, you may know how to answer everyone. So now, in this chapter uh, of Colossians, uh, we see the Apostle Paul give a, a, a really, in a sense, a, a guide for how we as believers can live as godly, wise people. Earlier, what's important to understand, earlier in this letter, uh, Paul laid this foundation of truth that believers are one with Christ who has absolute preeminence. He is the one who is supreme over all. And because of this identity uh, we have with Christ, he calls us as believers to, uh, who are really ordinary people to live ordinary, our ordinary lives, but to live it in extraordinary ways, and that being the way of the wise. And so the question that comes is, how, how is the believer to accomplish this? How are we to see this become a reality in our, our, our life? Is there, you know, assistance available? And Paul says, yes, yes. You see, we as believers are, are, are not alone in a, in a world of, of temptation and deception and, and great challenge. Strength and wisdom are always available. And so Paul, in, in the verses, exhorts, or he calls us, in, in essence, as, as believers to walk in wisdom. And so what does he say how we are to walk? Well, the, the first thing I, I want you to see as we kind of look at this and, and pull this whole passage together is that we are first to pray wisely. We are called to a, an active life of prayer. And see, a wise person is a praying person. 
uh, prayer is simply that making of request to God, talking with God about challenges going on in your life. It's that aspect, uh, a good guide for this is that aspect of, of, of confession, that my prayer needs to include confession, and, and that I know that I'm, I'm, I'm each day being right with God. It also includes adoration, that I'm bringing praise to God for who he is. But then it also includes requests, that I lay my burdens and, and my concerns out before God. But then also it's, it's a heart of thanksgiving. And Paul, Paul addresses some of these things as he begins to call people as they look to live really a life of godly wisdom. And Paul in this passage emphasizes that what it is to pray wisely. And first of all, it's to pray consistently. He says to be devoted. Devoted. He uses that phrase there. To be devoted to prayer means to, to be constant and persevering in prayer. It's about, it's about your relationship uh, with God being ongoing in nature. That I have this ongoing relationship all week long, morning, afternoon, and evening, and it's part, it's part of my relationship, and, and prayer is the expression of that. It's to live and move and have our, our being in prayer. It means to never face a moment when we are not, in essence, in prayer. And that, you, you think about that concept, you think, well, how is that possible? Is that really a, a reality? How is that possible, considering all the responsibilities and the things that consume our time and demand our attention. How we can we continue to walk in this pray, praying consistently and continually aspect of unbroken prayer? Well, the thing we see from Scripture is, is, that, is that it teaches us to develop really what, what I would describe as a, an attitude of prayer. And to have an attitude of prayer is, to, is an aspect where I look to pray first in everything. For things where I especially need wisdom from the Lord. It's, it's also to walk, walk in a spirit of prayer. In other words, that part of this ongoing, a, a wise person as he, he, he connects and communicates and relates to God, that they are walking in the, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and doing that, and it's, uh, that aspect of prayer. And it's, it's that ongoing conversation with your Lord. Have you... Do you have those times, like, in the? I always talk about my car illustration. It must be my driving, you know. I, I need a lot of prayer in my driving, you know. But, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, when I'm, in, when I'm in the car, man, there's things that come to my mind, and I'm driving here or there, and I, and I think, and I just, I do it open-eyed. But uh, I, I, I talk to God. I say, hey, God, God, this is on my heart. Obviously, you brought it to my heart, and I lift that, that, that spirit of prayer. It's also to, uh, I believe, is to take, uh, in a sense, mental breaks throughout our day and spend a moment in prayer. I call these breath prayers. You know, someone walks into your office and you say, Lord, help me, right? <laughs> Brent walks into my office, Lord, help me. No, yeah, yeah. That's a joke. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but th there's true, though. Yeah, every situation where, Lord, I need your wisdom in this moment. Uh, give me guidance in, in this aspect. But then also it is to get up early and, and pray or have that designated time where you have a focused, intentional time of prayer. Do you have a prayer journal? I do. And uh, this is where uh, probably my greatest weakness is, 
It's, it's making sure I set a time of, of just dedicated prayer. But it's vital. It's vital to a person who's going to walk in wisdom, in the wisdom of God. And so we need to be praying consistently. But he also says to pray, that it, that is praying watchfully, praying watchfully. Watchful literally means to, to stay awake, and it refers to an attitude of being spiritually alert. Uh, using this same term, Peter, in uh, 1 Peter 5.8, he encourages readers to be self-controlled and alert. And let me just read it for you. What he says in verse 8, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So it's the same term, watchful, be alert. And so as believers, we need to be alert. Because Satan wants to devour us. Do you know that? Do you know you have an enemy? And he wants to destroy your walk, my walk with God. And so we, we need to be actively looking at what we watch and listen to, think about. And so we got to ask ourselves how we spend our time. And, and so there's that aspect of being watchful and what, how is the culture and how is the media and how is the different social things that maybe I engage in and, and, and how are they influencing me? I need to be watchful. I don't just need to just let it roll in i got to be watchful. And we need to remember that we have an enemy that is actively trying to destroy us. And so we as a body of Christ need to be watchful in how we care for each other and look after each other and pray for each other. We, we, we don't, now here's the thing, we don't need to live in fear of this as followers of Jesus Christ. But we do need to be alert. We do need to be alert so that we don't blindly step into his traps. And his traps, boy, they can destroy you. Paul also goes on to say, though, here, he, that we need to, uh, it also says to pray thankfully. Pray thankfully. Um, you know, when someone does something uh, for you, for us, we thank that person, right? Right? It's a natural response. And, and that's good. If you have a heart that's sensitive to the things of God, you will have, a, have that aspect. And, you know, the one person who has done, the mo done more for us than anyone else is God. And therefore, we are to thank him. And so this, Paul is reminding us that God is always at work, and he continues to help us. His hand is constantly upon our lives, looking after and caring for us. Therefore, we should continually thank him just for that. And be looking to him. See, our praise should be lifted up to him all through the day so that as we go about our daily lives. And again, I think that's so important as you drive your car and you're in your office. And lifting up praise to God. As you walk around your house, God, thank you. Even thanking him for the blessings that you, you experience as you, you stand in that home or whatever. Thanking you for the relationships that he has. In that way. And so we have this aspect of praying consistently and, and praying watchfully and praying thankfully. But then he switches focus here. And the focus here is to others. And it says, he says this 
It's, it's this aspect of praying for open doors for the gospel. Look back again at verse 3 and 4. Look at 3 and 4. He says, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, that being the gospel, all right, for which I am in chains. Reminding him that he is in prison at that moment. Pray that, that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And so the principle that we see coming out of this here is that believers' uh, uh, prayers are to not to be just centered on ourselves. So often, isn't that the case? We, we immediately, when we go to prayer, we always are praying for our needs, aren't we? And that's, God wants us to do that. But there, there needs to be, a, in a sense, a balance and a focus. Hey, God, this is about, about you, all right? And so Paul asked the Colossian believers to pray for him in his ministry, too, about having impact. Paul's request is that the Colossians pray for him so that he can share the message of Jesus Christ, proclaim that mystery of Christ, the gospel, to all those who, uh, who have yet to join the family of faith. And Now, think about this. Paul could have had them pray for so many different things. He reminds us here, even in this passage, that he's in chains, a clear reference that he's imprisoned. Now, a natural prayer for someone that would be in prison would be what? Get me out of here, right? Get me out of here. And he could have asked them to pray that God would, you know, just, you know, get, 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 give him release. But he asked them to pray, pray that he will open the door. Not the prison door, but they open the door of opportunity for the message. And I, I, I would challenge myself and, and, and you here at this, this, with this thought. Maybe you are in a very difficult time. And your prayers have been that prayer, God, get me out of this. We're praying that about the pandemic, aren't we, right? But maybe, maybe the challenge for us, maybe the challenge for this church, maybe the challenge for each one of us individually to, is today, God, help me walk through this thriving. Help me walk through this in your power. And God, use this for your glory however you want. And maybe that's, the challenge that you need to take home today. You see, prayer, it's vital part of walking in wisdom in your relationship with God. God, here's the thing, God has established the spiritual law that he works in response to prayer. And so he calls us to lift up our requests before him. And so if we want, want the wisdom of God on our lives and, and our ministries, if we want the work of God producing fruit in this community, if we, we must pray. We must pray for the work of God in people's lives, for, for those who, who minister the gospel. We must learn to seek God in prayer. I was excited yesterday just gathering in prayer. We had our build the house prayer time yesterday morning. At 8 a.m. And I want you to know, next month on the second Saturday, we're moving it to 9 a.m. 
for those that like to sleep in. But I tell you, I want to encourage you to come out and join us. And we meet in the fellowship hall, but maybe this is, uh, maybe, man, we get enough people and we'll spread out here in the auditorium, whatever we got to do. But as a church, is God calling us to prayer? I think so. I think so. A wise church is a praying church. It's a praying church. Paul also exhorts the believers. Uh, secondly, though, as we continue on in, in verses 5 and 6, is to live wisely. Look at verse 5. He says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. See, out of, out of prayer comes God's wisdom in living wisely and applying God's truth in your life. The way of the wise is to live wisely. And the first thing we see here that Paul, he looks to drive home, is that the way of the wise is to live wisely in regards to behavior, in behavior. He says, in the way you act. In fact, you could underline that work, word or, 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 or circle that word. Act towards outsiders. And outsiders being defined, those who have not come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so Paul here, he, he shifts his focus. Um, uh, his, he shifts his outreach interests from himself to the believers now. Uh, in Colossae, if believers are able to be, are to be effective, ultimately, in sharing the gospel and seeing people come to faith in Christ, and ultimately that's, you know, our mission as a church and what God's called us to, they must be wise, they must be wise in the way they act towards those who have yet to come to faith in Christ. Wisdom, wisdom enables us to go, combine both boldness with action. Wisdom enables us and gives us insight on how to approach specific situations and particular individuals. And that's, that's the Holy Spirit moving upon a, a believer and granting as we've, we sought them in prayer. And then as we look to be intentional in how we, how we act. Uh, we are also to live wisely in opportunities, he says, making the most of opportunities. If, if believers are to be effective in sharing the message, they must also make the most of, of every opportunity. Uh, the literal here, the literal translation of this phrase means to, to buy back or to, in a sense, redeem, to redeem the time. It's the idea of, of, of snapping up. Every opportunity that comes. Um, just look at the, the, again, the example that, that, that Paul gives. He, the prisoner, used every, he's asking that I might use every opportunity to share the message. Uh, here's the thing. What we see as a crisis, God wants us to see as an opportunity for him to work. Every, every crisis you're walking in, there's a, there, there, there's a choice to be made in your thinking. And as a father, am I, am I going to ask God, God, 
Will you use this? And obviously, you can, you can cry out for God, to, for, for him to work and, and, and bring healing, and, we, and God calls us to those things. But are we looking to say, God, what, what do you want to do in this? What do you want to do in this? And so we, we, we're called to this aspect of living wisely in, in opportunities, but also to live wisely. Then he goes on and he talks about speech. He says, let your conversation. Now we're meddling, right? <laughs> our words, here's the thing, our words matter, don't they? Our words matter. And Paul speaks to what is to characterize our words. He's, he says, living wisely has a speech that is words that are full of grace. The believer's talk is to be gracious. This is a, a, a translation of the Greek word in charity, which means literally in grace, that my words need to be in grace. Get that picture? That out of, out of my mouth, there's just this grace that flows. And the believer who is in God's grace will demonstrate that fact by the nature of their speech in every relationship. In the family, in the marriage, in the workplace, in the church. Full of grace and compassion for the individual. I know it's hard because there's times where it's easy to want to judge first, isn't it? <laughs> and, and a lot of times our words, and, and we want to let them come out. And, 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 and boy, we, we need the Holy Spirit really a lot in this area to help us to, to let grace flow and to be able to step back. God, help me see what I'm not seeing and let my, my mouth be in grace. Let my words be in grace. He also describes that this living wisely has a speech that is words seasoned with salt. Salt was used for two different purposes primarily. In Paul's time, it was used as a preservative to keep food from spoiling. Uh, this would mean, um, you know, the believer's speech is to be free of corruption aspect and um, to be wholesome. Uh, salt was also used as an additive to give flavor. I was, I was salt in the logini, shrimp logini. I can't even say it. It was really needed some salt the other day. Add flavor to that baby. All right. But the best understanding of this as we look to apply it to our words is, is that salt is, is that, uh, that the believer's speech is the, most, the aspect of I'm, I'm going to speak hope. I'm going to speak wholesomeness. I'm going to speak life. But then I'm also looking to appeal and I'm looking to engage that person. And then also our speech is to be giving individual attention. He says, to each one. And the implication is that the believer's speech is to have a sensitivity and awareness to the needs of each individual. When you look to speak um, into the life of another and, and the truth, you know, the truth never changes. Okay, God's truth, and we need to take God's truth and and speak it into the life of another, and, and share encourage, the encouragement of God's word in that. And sometimes there's 
things that are difficult and hard with that. But um, what this is, this is also about is it's looking to speak into life another this truth, but having wisdom in, in it and what they need to hear in the time and in the moment. See, this is about learning how to answer people in different ways. Every person by striving to discern and understand where they are at in life and, and their relationship with God. Every time I step into a, a counseling situation, this, this is what I ask. God, give me discernment. Give me understanding. Help me to see what you see that I don't see so that I can speak hope. I can speak into this person's life in this moment. 1 Peter 3.15 says this, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You know, the, the world needs the church to rise and be people of wisdom. They're speaking into the culture, speaking in hope, speaking into this pandemic, speaking into the politics with uh, understanding that God ultimately is in control and he is going to work out his his plan, and he's going to do it for his glory. And see, here's the process. I'm not sure if you see the process here. God's truth. We, we, we have God's truth, right? God's truth. We get into it, and we study it, and we understand it. And I would encourage you to get into your small groups. And get back into those as we, as we move ahead now into this new year of 2022, and get into the Bible studies, and Get into uh, the growth guide and the things that we offer here because you've got to get into the truth. And see, God's truth, as you get into God's truth, it transforms your thinking. And it begins to give you understanding and ultimately wisdom. And we'll be talking more about that in the coming weeks. But also then it begins, as you begin to apply that, it begins to transform your way of living. And all of a sudden, you begin to choose different paths that, that are wise paths that lead you in God's ways. And then, out of that, it transforms your relationships. And all of a sudden, you begin to see some relationships being strengthened and lifted up and, and, and changed. And, and you, you begin to see those things, which then, as we understand here today, which must be empowered through the prayer. Prayer to God, which leads to God leading you to make the most of what he's doing in the lives of people around you and in your own life. See, that, that is the way of the wise. The ways of the wise. And in closing, I would just leave you with these thoughts. The band's going to come and they're, they're going to they're gonna sing a song, a closing song here called Do It Again. And I like this song. And I invite you to stand with us in just a moment. But it's, it's really just God, restore, renew, do a greater work in our midst, but lead us in this way. 
And, that, and the challenge, I believe, for us today is to, to lead us in the way of the wise. And so maybe this week, for you, i got to reestablish how I, um, my, my prayer life, whether it's, uh, you know, the things, uh, that, the time, how I'm spending my time. And maybe I need to, it, maybe it's not just a, a concentrated time. Maybe it's, it's like in my drive time or, hey, be lifting up people. Uh, when people come to my mind, maybe God's putting them there to, for me to pray for them, lift them up in prayer. If the enemy wants to, you to think badly about someone, pray for them. That will change your attitude really fast, you know, you know. And that, and see see what God's does. Uh, what, is God see what God will do, I should say. Um, and that, and then also looking, maybe there's some opportunities to redeem this week. Maybe God's going to put a person into your life, and He's saying, "I want you to redeem this. I want you to I want you to step into this and see see me work. I want you to be a part of what I'm doing in that person's life." Now, maybe there's things to look at in regards to your speech. How much grace is in it? That's a constant, everyday battle that you, we in our culture have to really look at. And let me be in grace, God. Help me and begin to change, change your speech in, in that way. And, but let's ask God to do greater things. Amen? Amen. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your truth that transforms we thank you for how you give hope in life. And God, I'm just praying for us as a church as we look to move into 2022, God, that you would do greater things in our midst, I pray in thy name. Amen.